Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. This week I welcome back to the Leadership File Carl Beach. Carl heads up the Christian Vision for Men. And if you missed his earlier visit, you can pick it up on the Leadership Files section of the Premier website. In that show, Carl spoke about the great challenge that the church in the UK faces when it comes to reaching and keeping men. He suggested the worship and activities of many local churches are not conducive to helping men engage with God in a way that makes sense to them. So this week we're going to be looking specifically at the topic of discipleship. How do we approach discipleship in a way that helps men grow? So welcome, Carl, back to the Leadership Fund. Hey, it's great to be with you. Um, I, I hinted at the kind of things that we were saying in our last conversation, but it may be worth just starting by underlining the, the depth of the problem as you see it within okay. the UK church. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's a multi-level problem, really. So uh, one issue would be we've got some strategies for reaching men in the gospel, but the big problem is how do we retain them? So a lot of guys spin to the edges, you know, they, they kind of walk out the back door, I think very, very quickly. So we know we lost, I think I said this the last time I was in, but we lost something like 49% of men from the UK church in the last 20 years who are aged under 20. Uh, so that's, that's a considerable mm. concern. So age under 30, sorry. So that's a considerable mm. concern uh, across all the age ranges. The, 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 the percentage of guys walking out of church was 38%. So you have to ask serious questions about that. You know, mm. why is this? Why is it that 38% of men from 18 to 80 are walking out of the church? This is before you even think about getting blokes back, you know, mm. for the first time into church. Um, so discipleship has to be a massive issue as part mm. of that. But I think the other layers are, I think we've got some cultural issues because mm. a lot of the time when we're talking about discipleship in the church, we tend to be thinking middle class. So we're not thinking about what about the white van man? What about the builder? What about the labourer? What about the unemployed? What about people with disabilities? What about cross-cultural mission? What about mm. uh, Asian guys? What about uh, black majority churches? How are they discipling men? Because mm. we know there's a there's a big deficit there in terms of you know the male female ratio there. So I think it's a it's a multi-level problem mm. really, um, and uh, we're going to need some very creative solutions. But, I mean, I could I could just keep talking. That's the problem with me on this one. <laughs> but I think one one serious concern is when you talk about discipleship, the instant response of most people would be, "It's my home group," which is eight people sitting around having a a, a custard cream with a cup of tea and and a Bible and maybe a, a Bible study notes that were written ten years ago. Yeah, that is that's what people think about when they think about discipleship, yeah. and therein lies the beginning of the problem. I sure. think. Okay, so give give us your definition of discipleship. And if there's a you know guy comes comes into maybe a church you're part of or that you yeah. used to lead, uh, what are you looking f- to happen over a period of time for that person? Well, I, you know, Jesus said that the the way to the kingdom is through a, a narrow gate, and by definition, you're there walking mm. on a narrow path. And I think the problem is that most of us come to Christ by walking through the narrow gate, but then immediately try and walk on a wide path. <laughs> so for me, or you try and scuff the edges out. You know, mm. you try and I think what men do is they, you know, they walk on this narrow path and they just start blowing the lines or treading the edges down. Mm. You know, like the edge on your on your lawn. You just mm. start treading it down so it blends in with the patio kind of thing. Mm. And we try and make the path a bit wider. We, we numb and blunt our senses, our spiritual senses because of mm. that. And most churches aren't attuned to dealing with narrow path issues, mm. sexuality, alcohol, workplace ethics. Mm. So um, discipleship for me would be, can I keep walking on a narrow path? And are there some people around me who help me back onto a narrow path mm. when I start to stray? 
Um, are there people around me who are going to spot it when I've gone one degree off course? Do you know, if a plane is flying from here to America and it's one degree off course, it's going to miss its target by you know, dozens or hundreds mm. of miles. I think what men do in particular, we go one degree off course mm. and no one corrects us. So 10 years later, we are, we are massively over the other mm. side of the road, not just on the, off the narrow path. You know, we, mm. all, we can't even see the narrow path anymore, but it was pernicious. You know, it kind of crept up on us. I think that's yeah. the problem because no one's got the guts to pull us back in. So that's mm. discipleship for me. It's, it's mm. keeping us on the narrow path yeah. and being very real about that, I think. Yeah. Now, I mean, you travel around the UK and um, so yeah. lots of churches, you know, for sometimes for weekends or for one-off preachers. Uh, do you get any sense of... of the feel for discipleship of men, good places, bad places, what the general trends are? I, I think there's obviously more conversation about this now. I mean, mm. the fact I'm in here now talking mm. to you, you've asked me back, yeah. I think proves that. I think when I first started to do this job, it it was kind of, uh, oh, that's CVM, they're a nice bunch of guys, you know, mm. pat on the back, well, it's good what you're doing. But I think people are now realising there's a problem because they're seeing the male mm. deficit. So some churches are really getting to grips with this and they have intentional men's work. Mm. Uh, it's still a bit of a bolt-on extra mm. for a lot of churches, which means it doesn't really work that well. But I still think what we're lacking is a very raw and honest conversation about very real-life issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't do all of that from the pulpit. No. Um, sometimes you can, but you can't really. Um, so my question back would be, are, do we see evidence that churches are making space for raw and honest, I mean brutally honest mm. conversation and and brutal Bible teaching that really gets to the heart mm. of the issue? Because most blokes are sitting in church and they've got a multitude of things going on in their heads. Their testosterone is coursing around their bodies. Mm. And no one's really addressing those issues. Yeah. yeah. So I see some good stuff, uh, I, but I see a lot of bad stuff or a lot of inaction. I think. Yeah. And and my, like you were saying last time, part the, they're, they're sat in church and something of the what the service is doing. If this is they're thinking, well, if this is Christianity, I'm, it, it's not for me. I mean, that's what may, one of the reasons yeah. they're drifting away. Yeah. Is the songs are not working. The the style yeah. of the message absolutely is may, maybe too cerebral or it's maybe maybe too theolo- the- theoretical, I don't yeah. know. Now, I'm not beating up the church. <laughs> no, no, I, spent, sure. I spent 10 years as a local church pastor mm. and I'm planting a church at the moment. Mm. So I'm, and I taught Sunday school until recently. Yeah. So, you know, I'm into church. But, but this is the problem I face as a pastor. Mm. Um, I could sit in my study and get massively excited about, I don't know, Acts chapter 5 mm. or Numbers 13. Massively exciting. I've I've had this epiphany, this amazing new revelation. Get massively excited about it. My heart's pumping about the thought of preaching on Sunday. Mm. And I preach this message, but the blokes are sitting there thinking, I might be made redundant on Thursday. Yeah. You know, or I've not been intimate with my wife for two months. Mm. Or I'm I'm fantasizing about drinking alcohol because I'm mm. so stressed out. Or my, my boss is bullying me and I feel emasculated. Yeah. And no one's talking about it from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. No one talks about how do you make someone redundant in a godly manner. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. So I know you can't address all of that from the pulpit. But the problem is that the blokes are sitting there thinking, brilliant, you've had this revelation. But what does that mean for my life? Yeah. So uh, I could tell you, for instance, very briefly about a time when... I was invited into the boardroom of Ford in, in Essex in a research uh, factory yeah. where a lot of boffins there, a lot of them in my church, went into the boardroom just for a meeting, not because they were the board directors, that's where we had the meeting. And I said, how do you, it's all the Christians in my church there, about mm. eight of them. I said, 
how effective is church in helping you with your walk? And one of them looked at me and he said, I drive uh, a grey Ford Focus on grey streets under a grey sky. I come to a grey building. <laughs> I've got a grey carpet, grey dividers. He said, I design exhausts, which are grey, and you want me to lead a colourful life for Jesus. <laughs> he said, and nothing you say on Sunday, if I'm honest, has any bearing on what I do Monday to Friday. Well, And that hit me. Yeah, and yeah. I started doing workplace visits after that. Yeah, yeah, oh, massive well. disconnect. Well, indeed, it? indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I mean, th- I mean, there are a range of pro- approaches that people can use. Lots of books mm. recently reading, mm. re- written on discipleship, and there are online tools, and there's DVDs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you got any particular systems that you like, or that you've come yeah, across, look, I mean, or things that you've done that you think books yeah, are great? Mm. Uh, I know some people pay for life coaches and. Mm. Home groups are good and prayer triplets are good and accountability groups are good. All of that is good. But I don't think there's any substitute for a fella walking alongside another fella. Mm. That's the conclusion I come to. Mm. That the most profound influences on my life have been when someone has invested in me Mm. long term. So, for instance, there are probably three senior national leaders Mm. who saw me as an emerging national leader Mm. uh, what, eight years ago, seven mm. years ago, and they all got alongside me. Mm. And that has made a profound difference to my life. Mm. And I've made that a life habit for me now that mm. I've always got probably about three people that I walk with and they'll come and see me mm. or I go and see them. We'll walk the hills in the Peak District. We'll sit down and have a meal. Mm. I went fly fishing with someone recently just to get alongside We're in a boat together for a day, just chatting mm. about life. I think that's the Jesus model. Yeah. Because no. blokes will talk when they're shoulder to shoulder Sure. In the context of activity, it's then you can open a word up, you can pray yeah, together. Yeah. When you're sitting on a hillside and you open a word and you pray together, you, you're going to get more out of someone and you're going to get into the depths of who they are. So yeah. I think these resources are good. Uh, I mean, I write Bible study notes. Mm. I write accountability material. So I'm, I do that mm. um, when I write stuff for CWR yeah. in that regard. you yeah. know. Um, but I think there is no substitute for for one-to-one or one-to-three hmm. discipleship, yeah. I think. It's it's said, and this again is a stereotype, that women women will tend to talk to each other, mm. whereas men will be with each other doing something together. Yeah. And that's a kind of m- yeah. the model. It's much that many men classically are a bit less easy talking one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and I think men will talk in the context of activity, mm. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So if I had a serious pastoral issue I needed to address with someone, I'd go for a walk. Yeah. We walk the dog, mm. and it's always in the last ten minutes that they start to open up, just <laughs> as you get back to the door, you know. But that's men, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I think it's just the way we're hardwired. I think we're hardwired mm. that way. My wife walks into them, and her heads up, look, thinking, "Who can I give my heart to in the mm. next two minutes? You know, mm-hmm. who can I share my life with?" I walk into them, and I think, "Exit door, food, toilet." <laughs> you know, like, that, that's my wiring is completely different. You know? And I, I think mm. a lot of blokes are shy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I. People have a, an impression of what I'm like. So they see me on some platform or in mm. some YouTube video or something. But actually, I'm a painfully shy person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I've had to train myself to walk into them and be engaging. Mm-hmm. And, but I think a lot of men are like that. So they're not naturally going to open up. I mean, we're quite restrained, actually. And we're, you know, some of us, we're British. Yeah, yeah. Which Britishness brings a whole other layer of complexity we're just restrained aren't we we do we do tend to be yeah, yeah. well you're listening to the leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by carl beach he's uh, heads up the christian vision for men and we'll be back just after this 
Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Carl Beach. Carl heads up the Christian for Vi- Vision for Men. We're talking in this uh, broadcast about uh, discipleship of men. Carl's been, uh, you know, travels the country, sees the various uh, church situations with regards to men. There's a uh, something of a crisis in terms of men leaving the local churches. They're not engaging uh, sometimes we're not in, uh, attracting them in the first place and then when they are attracted sadly they're they're going out the back door so we're talking a little bit about how you um how we disciple men and uh, we were talking just before the break particularly about the value of 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 one guy getting alongside another guy and and kind of walking the journey with them so um we we you touched a bit earlier Carl about the the way in which you know classic christianity is very booked um, um, driven so often yeah. and we don't necessarily kind of help the building labor and the, the mm. white van man or whatever yeah um are there other t- kind of i suppose this conversational model helps to overcome the the, the fact that maybe a lot of people aren't going to get their information from books yeah and uh, you know I, we know that uh i think less men read mm. so that that's that's the problem yeah. in itself so when i write something for blokes if you pick up most cvm resources they are short sharp punchy and they read the way i speak right so people feel at least that's what i hope Mm. so they they feel that you're having a conversation Mm. with you so everything we do is on a conversational model Mm. i think the average man's attention span is under six minutes Right, because uh, he's sort of hardwired to fidget with his testosterone. If he's watching a football match, he wants to go to the fridge and get a drink mm. after six minutes, you know. So I think we are we are wired that way. So we need resources that engage with that. And mm. I, I'm not convinced that keeping on producing books is is the way forward. Mm. Books are good. I like to write myself, um, but I think we need a variety of approaches. Mm. Really, most men don't read, mm. and we either say, well, that they're wrong, and we need to make them read, or we need to find other strategies and solutions i think yeah yeah so maybe some church leaders listening thinking yeah actually you're you're hitting the nail on the head what would what do you suggest their approach is um to to dealing with the problem of discipling men um well i'd encourage them to that every man who's relatively spiritually mature uh should be mentoring Mm -hmm. And everyone should have a mentor. Or if you want to use a spiritual language, everyone should have a, be discipling and everyone should have a disciple. You know? yeah, sure. So I think we need to you know, harness our guys, but I think in a very specific way. So when I was working in a bank in my 20s, I was a salesman mm-hmm. in London. It was a very high-pressure job. It was a money job. Um, good job. Mm. But, but the pressures were immense. Mm. I was a new graduate. I was thrust into this environment where... If I'm honest with you, back then there were a lot of compliance uh, uh, dodges. Uh, mm-hmm. People were encouraged to lie if necessary, mm. uh, and this was a major bank. Uh, mm. And I'm a, I'm a man of God, you know. I'm mm. 22 and I don't want to lie, mm. you know. And I, I want to be honest. But who got alongside me? Mm-hmm. My my church was stuffed full of ex bankers and salesmen, but no one got alongside me. Yeah. It would have made a profound difference if I could have met someone for lunch every couple of weeks mm. and he just sort of said how are you my old son how are you mm. doing yeah, let's open sure. the word together and what can I pray for let's look at how Daniel kept his integrity mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this in, in the word of God you know mm. I think that would have made a big difference so I think yeah books online resources fantastic mm-hmm. but we've got to raise up mentors really mm. and I think men will respond to a targeted solution so if you've got a banker in your church, well, get him alongside a young banker. If you've got yeah. a, someone who's a senior mechanic in a depot, get him alongside sure, a new sure. apprentice. Yeah, 
Make, it makes, makes eminent sense. Um, you, you're, you travel, we hinted at the fact you travel around uh, extensively for yeah. Christian Vision for Men. Um, how do you gauge the influence you're having? And to kind of ask a leadership question. Um, you know, that's, that's, is it partly on books and resources sold? Is it partly on... It's a very difficult question. Mm. So we, we would measure ourselves in one sense by uh, how many men's groups we've got. Mm. Are those groups growing? Uh, are we releasing and training up more leaders of men's work? Uh, and and then there's just the cold facts, aren't there? Are the numbers of uh, people attending our events, are they going up? Are we hearing reports of people coming to Christ? I know mm. people say you shouldn't be all about numbers, but actually I think the more people are here getting saved, the better. Absolutely. You know, and the, and yeah. you know, the more people attending our evangelistic events, the mm. better. So, yes, things to be things seem to be good and mm. the, there's an increase in activity but I don't think we've made a significant dent mm. on the male deficit yet which concerns me yeah. we've seen more men come to Christ than ever before mm. we've seen a buy into our events and resources more than ever before mm. but but the cold light of day would be if there's another church census in four years time will we see the numbers have improved mm. and then I'll know if we've been successful or not understood no I understand yeah. and you, you mentioned uh, very uh, along the way that you do write resources um mm. you write for cwr the, the manual yeah, the manual yeah, yeah yeah so obviously folk can get in touch with you know cwr.org.uk but also christian vision has its own website which yeah. sells resources so we do um we have a, a discipleship thing called the code which is mm. a 12 point honor code for men which mm. has gone down a storm actually and it's gone a little bit viral internationally oh great there's a website for that you can get to that from our website mm -hmm. But I do these notes called the manual, which are, are daily notes for guys, which mm. read the way I speak, which you now think is either a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but they're quite punchy. Yeah. And as part of the manual with CWR, we've done a, um, a book for new believers as part of that. Mm. And we've got 52 character studies of men in the Bible, which is short, sharp and punchy, and give a bit of biblical data to those right. characters. So things like that we've got, and all various DVD resources and online Fantastic. And, and the, um, the website for Christian Vision for Men it's is? It's cvm.org.uk. Yeah, it's wonderfully short, isn't it? Yeah, yeah fantastic. that's, that's so, the way. So go, <laughs> go yeah. to cvm.org.uk and you can yeah. pick up the resources. So um, I want to want to um, just ask you a couple of kind of more leadership-ish questions. Mm. And that is kind of, talk a, bit, a little bit about um, people you admire, a leaders you, and a leader you admire, either dead or alive. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um and I, I'm I'm never good at answering those questions. There's people I admire for different things. So mm. if we're looking at Christian leaders, mm. um, uh, recent or in our time leaders, I, I remember being really struck by Arthur Kendall's book In Pursuit of His Glory, mm. Mm. Um, which was just so honest mm. about mm. his insecurities, his fragilities, but also his successes, mm. and it you know spanning you know decades of ministry. Mm. I really enjoyed that book. I enjoyed selling his own book about his his journey in leadership. I found those two books particularly my inspirational story. for mm. yeah my story. I found those two books actually they still sit on my shelf and mm. I delve into them because they were they were honest mm. and uh, and they were born out of years of experience. They span this sort of journey of charismatic leadership yeah, and yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed those. Um, but outside of Christian stuff, um, I really uh, I really enjoyed reading. Uh, Rudolf Giuliani's book called Leadership. Oh yeah, um, which was amazing. New York Mayor. Yeah, mm. the New York Mayor. I thought it was an incredible book, and I like people, historical figures like uh, Douglas Bader, and mm. you know people who overcome the odds. I'm always inspired by people who overcome the odds. Yeah, true. Yeah. And um, a, a technology or tool that helps you lead. 
My iPhone. Your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it's my mobile office. I mean, it's Fantastic. A, a smartphone, to be honest. Yeah. I've got my social media. I've got emails. I've got, Excellent. Uh, people can phone me. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. And a book that's changed the way you lead? Um, interesting. I would say probably veers between um, uh, the Rudolf Giuliani book mm. uh, uh, and then From Good to Great, was a was a Jim great, Collins. Yeah, it was a great book. Um, and there is the the book. I'm just it's on my tongue, but the the book on leadership by uh, Woodward about the rugby. Squad. Oh yes, mm-hmm. that was a fascinating book on taking people who had a a losing mindset to mm. a winning mindset. And I know you're now probably some people listening saying, well, there's not much biblical stuff in there, not many. Mm. But actually, I, I love those the, mm. the principles that they brought were just fantastic. Mm. Um, and it was like, you know, they mirror back at you the things you're not doing right. And so mm. I, I found those very inspirational, actually. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, was there a takeaway thing that you're now doing from that book that you're thinking? Um, yeah, actually. And it's as simple as um, creating belief in people mm. and, and getting people to own the vision, Yeah, I think. I mean, I remember reading that the he made the England rugby squad write their own values. Mm-hmm. That they should stick to, it and then he held them to it. Wow! And I and, it, and now we didn't do that at CVM so much. So I kind of directed the values in the culture because mm-hmm. we were restarting it in many senses a few years ago, mm-hmm. or rebooting it in a new way. But it made me realise just how important in an organisation the underlying mm-hmm. values and culture are. Yeah. When that that is that is ninety percent of the victory, I think. Sure. If you've got good values and a good culture, mm-hmm. it will take you a long way. Yeah, and I, I picked that up from those books. Sure. Now, obviously, people can go back to the other show, but for the sake of you know, this show, mm. um, just remind remind listeners of the, the the values and vision of Christian Vision for Men. If they're if they're listening to this and thinking, "Wow, yeah, this is be this is the sort of ministry I want to get involved with." Yeah. So our vision would be to reach one million men with the message of Jesus, mm. which we're proud to be partnering with Premier on that and a variety of other organisations. That's the mm. that's the rubber hits the road vision. Mm. Can we reach one million men with the message of Jesus? Well. Uh, in terms of our culture, if you were to come into office, I'd like to think that uh, we have a culture of excellence mm. so that everything we do is excellent, mm-hmm. um, that there's a lot of fun mm. and a lot of trust and relationship. Yeah. I think that's that, that's that's the atmosphere we'd want people to pick up from CVM because I think what we do at the centre of our office mm. filters out across the UK and internationally as well. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of staff, you, you're the main staff person yeah, yeah, yeah so I lead the team and then there's a there's a team of people around the UK so in Ireland Wales Scotland uh, and then a, a, a core central team there's our international guys as well excellent yeah. fantastic well it's been fantastic to chat with you and I hope I hope we've um, in our conversation piqued people's interest in looking seriously at how they're discipling men thank you and yeah. um, no doubt some of them will find their, their way to your website <laughs> and your resources Appreciate so thank it. you so much so thank you Andy you've been listening to The Leadership File with me Andy Pecker who's joined this week by Carl Beach Carl heads up the Christian Vision for Men that website again is www.cvm.org.uk and you can get um, some of the resources you mentioned particularly um, uh, resources f- focusing upon helping men in discipleship uh, you can go to uh, CW, uh, CWR's website um, cwr.org uk and you can pick up copies of the manual uh, the sort of daily bible reading resource that uh, that carl carl writes and then to give you a third website of course is premier's own website www.premier.org.uk and you can listen to archived versions of the leadership file including this one in due course it's been great to have your company again uh, do tune in again next sunday at 3 30. 
You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.